It's time for another episode of Play Action Pass, your podcast for all things fantasy football. Welcome to the Play Action Pass podcast. Uh, I'm Matt May at Matt May FF. I'm joined, as always, by Rob and Tony. Rob, Tony, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Very good. Can't wait for another week of uh, football. Can't believe it's week three already, mind. It's week three. This is the third podcast we've done this week. So we had the Tuesday show. We had a bite-sized episode talking about Thursday night football. Now we're talking about starts and sits going into Sunday. I mean, football, 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 right? Yeah, let's just hope it's better than Thursday night for the weekend. <laughs> let's just, fingers crossed. It can only get better. You think? Absolutely yeah. sure of that. Um, and we've got some big games as well, big games coming up, um, which we'll get into with our starts and sits. We've got some waiver chat as well. Uh, question of the week, yeah. some questions from Twitter as well. And uh, maybe if we've got time, we'll do the random draft, talking about crisps. You know, all the good stuff, all the stuff that the listeners are really, uh, you know, climbing over themselves to, uh, to hear from you guys. Let's get straight into the waiver chat. So um, regular question, who's your top target this week? Did you get them? Um, slim pickings somewhat in the, in the waiver this week, not as much buzz as there was um, last week. Uh, and then who are you willing to drop? Who have you seen enough from? If you own Cole Komet, then uh, he's the first name on everyone's list. But uh, yeah, talk us through the waiver wire this week. Tony? So I think Jordan Mason's a good one. If um, Matt, uh, a couple of people were, uh, like yourself, Matt, were uh, ahead of the curve on this last week. But um, with TDP getting 14 carries and now being out for four or five weeks, then they, they are going to go with Jeff Wilson. But he has never held up um, to be kind of a workhorse back, let's be honest. Yeah, he's probably the most injury prone out of all of them. So, yeah, I like Jordan Mason as a pickup this week. I probably would spend a bit of fab on him. Um, not really worried about Malin Mack. Uh, and the other one is probably, you know, Benjamin and Daryl Williams. I, I, Connor obviously came out of that game. He looks fine, but it, they are, if you, if you bid and got them, they are a hold through the game, I would say. A little bit like, uh, you know, maybe Jalen Warren, you did that with Najee Harris and his injury. Just hold these running backs through the game before you drop them, I would say, even if Connor's ready to go. Nice. Rob, who are you after? No one, to be honest. Um, and I'd probably say, yeah, it, it was definitely... you spent all your fab for this week, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. No. Um, yeah, I think it's just a case of if you can find, you know, the backup running backs that, um, you know, are in, a, I suppose, a, a two-man two-man um, committee type. So, you know, you get the main the main runner and then his main backup. You know, if they're splitting the field between three or four, then then they're probably not one to target. But if there's any number twos on the uh, on the waiver wire, they would be my sort of targets, just as running backs. And then not, not really much on the wide receivers. Probably Noah Brown is probably the only one that I um, had any interest in. And I, I guess that's probably more in your PPRs and maybe halves, just because of the volume. Um, but there is talk of Gallup potentially coming back. How much he'll play this week, I don't know. Um, but obviously, as the season progresses, Noah Brown will probably be a fave bit more on the targets because of uh, Gallup. But at the moment, if he doesn't play, then he's a strong, you know, he's a strong wide receiver three. Um, so yeah, if he's on wires, maybe pick him up, pick him up. But overall, I think it's a it's a week where you just save your fab and um, and move on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and drop candidates who were the biggest victims this week for you guys. I can't remember if I put Robert Woods in the drop candidate last week, but he can go. Um not enough volume there, even when they're behind. We saw that. Uh, even though they sat all the players in the fourth quarter, you know, not good enough for me. Um with Burks shining in that offense as well. Um Yeah, I'm not sure there's any drop candidates are running back. We did talk about Chase Edmonds, but he's definitely not a drop candidate. Maybe drop from the starting lineup and you wouldn't lose him from the, the lineup. I've seen a couple of people drop Chase Edmonds and I think I'd be all over that if I was on the if he was on the wire. So just be careful. I think that's it's a good kind of warning sign really that you know don't don't kind of drop these out of dis, despair from week two. Definitely drop all the Baltimore running backs except for Dobbins. They can all go. Davis, Drake, all of them. And I would but, say, yeah. say, I would say that after last night as well, the Steelers can all be dropped other than Deontay. I think Claypool, I think I dropped him after one. Claypool, go. I think Pickens, you can drop as well. It's just not on the phone. Maybe circling back in six or seven weeks or when they do the quarterback swap um, at some point. Trubisky to pick it. So yeah, so I would fade all those, drop all the wide receivers and maybe even the Panthers. So I mean, Robbie Anderson was probably a hot one to pick up in week after week one after his big blow up game. But again, are you ever going to be confident in starting someone like that? And you know, you don't want to sort of hog your, your bench spot. So again, you know, these wide receivers who have blow up games and then you don't hear from them two or three weeks and don't get the volume on a week to week basis and probably drops as well. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, what we we hold on to Frymuth though, wouldn't you? You said all Steelers. Definitely hold on. Um, well, tight ends. Is, is, well, yeah. is it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. It wouldn't. Wouldn't hurt. I wouldn't be too disappointed if I had to drop him and just stream stream the position. Because what did he give you in the end? I think was it two catches, two or three catches. Forty-one. Yeah, two for forty-one. Yeah. So it's you can get that on a weekly basis. So if you've got you know if you've got space, obviously you probably keep him. But if if not, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too disappointed in dropping him. Just playing the wire. Guessing. Trying to guess whoever's going to get a <laughs> touchdown. So yeah, yeah, add that bit of drama to your to your weekly picks. Rob's agenda against the Steelers continues. The third <laughs> week, um, he hates the Steelers, doesn't he? He just Absolutely hates the Steelers. Hates He's just just get rid of all your Steelers. He's, he's dying to say that. <laughs> um, all right, wicked. That's a good breakdown. Um, question of the week then. So we've had two weeks plus the first game of week three. Bit of pattern on the back to be done, as there wasn't enough last week when you were, you know, praising each other for your picks. Um, who's your best draft pick so far? Who's that guy that you just think, man, I'm so I made the right decision there. Your victory lapping already. Go on, Tony, tell us. Um, he's only two in our main league, so I don't think he's got many. In the main league, I'm struggling this year, so I'm gonna have to pick a different league to go through. <laughs> I'm going to say AJ Brown. Um, I think he, in in the third round I got him in in one of the leagues. Um, I think that's a solid pick, and it's looking great with Hurts. So you, we, the thing with this pick really, um, you are looking at not only AJ Brown being going to a new team and then shining, becoming the one clear one, but also you are banking on Jalen Hurts. So it's a kind of a double double pick really with AJ Brown because you needed to see more from Hertz's arm um, 
and I think you've got both. You've got the clear alpha. All right, he was a bit hurt in the last game, and Smith needs to actually Devon Smith needs to step up a little bit so all the attention is not on Brian. That's probably a good sign. But we saw what he could do in the first week, and we can see so much potential in Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. So I think he's been a great round three pick. Where in that round there are a few other players that you'll be pretty gutted if you has instead of AJ Brown. Perfect. Nice one, Tom. Yeah, so for me, uh, probably all off-season, I've been off this guy, but it's going to be Michael Thomas for me. Um, you know, and I mean, we draft league, I took him probably round six or seven, but I, I guess across the board, whatever, uh, people's leagues, they probably also took him um, probably around those, maybe five or six. I think he did get a bit of steam later uh, into August and September, so maybe not everyone was lucky and probably got him three or four. But overall, it's a good start. Um, I think Tony mentioned his sell high last week. But for as long as he's still producing wide receiver two numbers and getting those TDs, you know, you're going to be happy. Um, and I think the volume will be there regardless of whether, you know, um, if the touchdowns fall off. So I'm comfortable. I'm in no rush to sell. Um, and I think, yeah, he's, he's, looking, he's looking good uh, if he can stay healthy. And the, the fact that no one said Cup or Diggs probably tells you uh, mm. where we're at at the moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to be done. Um, we'll keep checking in on that record in the main league as well, Tony. Cause, uh, oh, we didn't do this for the last 10 years. Why are we doing it now? Well, you know, when you, when you call out many rings, you've got, got to call out those rings of records as well. Um, yeah. Let's get to the main topic then. So we've got a week, uh, week three starts and sits. Um, I've got a list of names in front of me. We'll run through them. So, Tony, we'll start with you at the quarterback position. And we've got Goff, who looks yeah. like he's got a great offense. We need to keep riding Goff. I think we need to keep staying on this game um, against the Vikings. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I think most Lions games well. I was just checking their um, schedule. And, you know, you can really pinpoint games where you want to start Goff and where you don't want to start him. You know, Seattle next week at home in the Dome. Sounds good. And then New England away. So they're pretty easy, you know, as in you don't want to play them against New England away, I would suggest. So they're pretty easy start decisions when it comes to the Lions. <clears throat> and I think the quarterback will just follow. Super really, he's throwing enough. He, he's throwing in the, the red zone as well. And now that might be because of Swift's injury last week. And Williams got stuffed a couple of times around the two or three yard line. But, but really, you know, the more success they have, then the red zone throwing it, the more they'll go back to him. Um, I can see Goff having another big game in a dome situation again with another high scoring offense on the other side. So keep riding the Lions. Perfect. Some Lions love, love to see it. Um, Rob Cousins off of a bad game. You got him as your start. Yeah, well, again, I think uh, we don't look at each other's lists just so the people in the stand and they're just shouting them out. But I write down a couple of names. But yeah, Goff was on my list as well. But I did go with Cousins, same game. Um, it's probably one of those games where you think it could be DFS one as well, where it's going to be high scoring in a dome. You've got to look for Cousins to bounce back. I think I always say with the Vikings, they're always a much better outfit. I guess this is probably true with most teams, but at home, um, they always seem to do a lot better. Uh, so I guess at home game after a defeat, the Eagles or after drumming to the Eagles, you can see a bounce back for Cousins. Just look at his numbers the first two weeks. He had 20 points in week one and 10 in week two. So it wasn't a fantastic week one, but he was up against the Packers, a divisional game. 
tough game. Um, and he attempted 32 passes against 46 last week. So I would expect his numbers, because um, you can see the Lions probably keeping up with the way they're playing. So you could probably see anything between you know 40 and, and 45 again for Cousins. And I think he won't be as pre. He might be pressured again. But at home, he just seems to deliver. And I think Jefferson is probably going to deliver at home as well um, to help him out. So, yeah, I think Cousins is a strong start. Very nice one. Time's running out to buy the Vikings. You've got Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen for both starts, I would say, in this game. Yeah, there you go. Go get shopping today. Um, moving on to the sits then, Tony, Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I think the tight. Um, they were not, let's not forget that what happened to the Titans last year. They were the best team in the AFC, the best record. They were the number one seed. They got a bye. They have started horrendously. I think this is their get-right game. So I think Carr is going to struggle away to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think they really, really just dig in. They go back to base six, run the ball. They get up in this game. That's going to be the difference. They're going to be, I think, Henry... They'll, they'll do enough to start leading the game. You know, you think back to that first week against the Giants, they should never have lost that game for starters, but they were up and they didn't really control it. Then they went away to Buffalo and got absolutely smashed last week. We all saw that uh, at Port Tennessee was. And Roberto said it a couple of times, you know, Vrabel is a very good coach. There's no way they're going to come back after that defeat at Buffalo and, and lie down against a team like the Raiders at home. Raiders have to travel. We know what they're like traveling sometimes. I just think this is a get-right game for Tennessee. Therefore, I'm sick. Derek Carr. Nice. Logical. And then, uh, Rob, I mean, hot take, early doors again. Rob, you'd love to say this and upset a few people. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers sit against the Bucks. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the name value, obviously, MVP last year. But, you know, fantasy, he's always, I guess, up and down. But if you look at his starts this year, he's had four points in week one and 17 last week in a get right game against the uh, the Bears. So where's his upside? What's his, you know, what's his ceiling based on that was a get right game. Um, even though that, you know, they probably didn't need to throw it against the Bucks away uh, in Tampa. Again, you can see this being a, a very tight affair and probably not a lot of points, especially because the Bucks haven't got much on their side of the ball. So in a low shootout game, it's not really an option, a quarterback to start with. And then you couple in the fact that Rogers hasn't really got any weapons. Lazard, again, I think he's questionable again for this week and he wasn't really involved. And, you know, they're still using people like Cobb and um, Sammy Watkins. So it's, it's not great weapons. He, I think he also come out the other day saying that he needs to involve the running backs even more, Dylan and Jones. He said he wants something like 15, 16 touches per, per runner. So if that's the case and they're looking to run the ball even more, then when you know when's he going to throw and, and where are these touchdown opportunities coming for Rogers? So he's a hard sit for me this week. Um, yeah, absolutely, complete confidence in that. Nice. We'll uh, we'll circle back on that one next week for sure. Onto the running backs, uh, Damien Pierce for you, Tony. Yeah, uh, I I you know his usage last week was was great to see away to Denver, and I think he was averaging above four four yards a carry. I think they might have got some stick, you know, on what happened in that first game with Rex Burkhead being on the field. Or they, or they just, the coaching staff really just wanted to ease Pierce in. But I think last week was an eye-opener. What they actually want to do is run downhill with Pierce, and he's the best downhill, downhill runner. And we saw what Aaron Jones did last week against 
Chicago. Now, I, it's difficult because, you know, are they going to win this game? That's the key. It is in Chicago. Um, I do actually think this is going to be obviously very low scoring with the way that Chicago run the ball and don't throw. So I don't think it's going to be kind of like a barn burner where he's going to get his catches, but I do think he falls in the end zone. And I think Houston are good enough to kind of keep it close and run the, run the ball down uh, Chicago's throat. I've seen enough from uh, from Houston to be a bit excited about their running back this week. I think this is a good game to target. So Damian Pierce would be in my starting lineup. I had him. Nice, perfect. Uh, Rob, on to you. So this man's gone from the bin to the start of the week. Akers. Uh, I, yeah, my man off off season. I was touting him, so I'm I'm, I'm going back for him. I've, I think it's just the usage. Um, he had 18% of the snaps week one, 44% week two. So it's a very small sample, but it's it you know they're looking like they want to try and involve him back in the offense. Something's changed. Something happened off the field, maybe. Um, you know, but they they started to get a bit of confidence in him week two. He had 80, uh, 15 rush attempts. So that's pretty healthy, you know. I'd be happy if he gets 15 attempts again this week, um, coupled with the fact that he had, you know, three targets in the receiving game. All he's got to really do is fall in the end zone, and it's a really strong week. He's had nine nine points last week. You know, if you chuck in the touchdown as well as 15. Yes, there's people say, well, Henderson's getting all the goal line work, and, and it was because he was in and out of concussion protocol, I think it was, or, or slight concussion, that Akers had more work. But, I, you know, Arizona are not, are not good against the run. Um, they they locked it. They seem to lock down their top target on the on the um, the wide receivers, but against the run, I think they struggle. And the whole offense, Arizona struggled. They were very lucky to win last week. Um, and I can see the Rams again. You know, you could see it. It could go two ways. It could be a real big shootout, lots of points. That's good for Cam Akers. Or it could be a tight affair. Um, you know, with running the ball. Either way, I think Akers. Um, I've got a lot more confidence this week that. He's, he's got a safe floor, I think, this week. I think at least this 10 points is a safe floor. Um, but I think the upside's there for a, you know, a pretty big game. Okay. Totally didn't like that. I don't like that. that. That's the first one we've had where I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm, there's no way I'm going to feel comfortable putting him in. God, I think all those yeah. nerves that were just relieved from people who... Who have eight on the <laughs> roster and Tony comes in and just puts them all back on the edge. I think it's too much risk, but that's me. But the usage though, don't you don't you feel confident that the usage? No, the I don't. Was... I think I think Henderson was on the field for every single third down. Every single third down, Henderson was on the field. And that's fine. The goal line. I think yeah, it's the goal. I mean, when I said it preseason, it was more. It wasn't so much he's going to get all the um all the you know the third down work or the catches, but I was I was banging on the fact that he's going to be like Gurley and get all the all the goal yeah. line work. You know, he gets twelve to fifteen touchdowns based on how good the the Rams are going to be. But the Rams yeah. haven't been that good, and obviously he has another goal line work. But that could change, and obviously it could change. Yeah, yeah. I I'd want to see that first. I I, I don't I, I feel that. comfortable playing Henderson. I I I'm, no, I don't feel comfortable. No, Henderson, I don't, but because I feel yeah. a bit more. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Rob said you're giving therapy to Akers, uh, Rosteras, and uh... I, I think in, in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> believe in something, Tony, man. Believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, something you don't believe in, or someone you don't believe in this week is Penny. Talk to us about why he's a sit. Well, I think the game, I mean, Atlanta at home. Um, should be playing with Rashad Penny if you think Seattle are going to be prepared for that game, but you just can't after last week. To get that little carries in Ken Walker's first game back, 
is is a worry. Um, and Cat, Pete Carroll's come out. The, the one I really don't like really is that the the fact that Pete Carroll's come out this week and said they need to throw the ball more. Atlanta actually do look really good when they when they when they are on offense. So that means they're probably going to be up in this game. Seattle's defense isn't great. You could see Travis Homer having more points than Penny easily in a game like this, um, and that would scare me. So there's no need to start Penny. You know, it's a shame because if everyone remembers what he did last year at the back end of last year and even in week one. But you, you're going to want to put him in. I'm just telling you not to in this game. Okay, words of warning from Tony again. Rob, Chase Edmonds is your sit. Yeah, it's probably an all, obvious all one. All he is. We're all he is. I, <laughs> I think it's an obvious one. We, we sort of berated him last week on the uh, on the review show about, um, you know, the usage and, and what were they doing when they were trying to chase the game. This is when you expect him to be on the field. But I did warn about the matchup. I think people, are, people have drafted him in the fifth or sixth round. So I guess they can't really, you know, they don't really want to go away from him. But I, I think, you know, even though it's obvious and sometimes Valley's football is very obvious, um, he is a sit. They got Buffalo. Um, even though they're in Miami, um, it's a really tough matchup. They are very, very good defense. So, you know, if you think the usage was bad last week, they'd like, I don't know if they're likely to be chasing. It could be another wild game, but I don't know. But if it isn't, then Buffalo play, you know, goes to script. They're going to be playing, cha- uh, you know, catch up again. And does he get the targets? You know, he didn't last week. He had three targets, one reception. So if that's his, you know, if that's his, um, his ceiling, um, then yeah, it's got to be a hard fade for me. Um, yeah, so no Chase Edmonds this week. No Chase Edmonds, no chasing the ace. Um, it's, it's definitely a sign when uh, Tony starts to give up on Chase as well. Who spoke so fondly of it in the off season? Um, I, I do think I do think he's going to rebound back. Back, by the way, I don't think it's going to be as bad as this. Uh, this week has gone. Yeah. We'll see. He is okay. Uh, a man that uh, might be considered the forgotten man, if you uh, if you look at Twitter, Elijah Moore, he's your start of the week this week. Elijah just see you, Tony. Yeah, and I think um, Flacco feel just they uh, in the off season. Garrett Wilson said that he throws a really good ball compared to that Wilson. Um, I think it's going to click for Elijah Moore very quickly. He's open. You know, when I looked through Twitter for saw the kind of um rights that he's running he's he is open it's just they they, they maybe Flacco did lock on to Wilson in that one game there's no reason why that can't switch to Elijah Moore if he's on the field uh, uh Corey Davis has got a knee injury that came up on the injury report yesterday that is worth watching but that that really doesn't swing anything even if he does play full health because Elijah Moore's on the field for 87 percent of the snaps so in a game like this against Cincinnati who can't stay on the field themselves. Not only that, you know, this is, they, I think there's going to be, a, a, they might be a record of uh, thrown attempts in this game. Cincinnati against Jets, I know who would have thought that, but, you know, they, they may easily be 50 pass attempts each um, for each quarterback. So um, I'm very excited about this game. I think it's got sneaky shootout potential as well, given the offensive lines and the fact that both defenses are not great. Um, and that all should come together for Elijah Moore. It is going to come together uh, at some point for him. He's going to have the Garrett Wilson week last week at some point, and I don't know why it can't be this week. So he'll be in my start line. Very nice. And we've got another Texan on the list, Brandon Cooks. Well, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure it's going to be a shootout, 
but Chicago are not a very good team. So automatically you think, you know, the opposition are going to have chances to, to score points. So if it isn't on the ground, it's coming through the air and it's only going to one man, and that's Brandon Cooks. Um, targets last week, 10, week before 12. So it's his first read. Um, I watched the brother Texans last week and he did miss um, just a few. They were just out of bounds, a couple of them late on, which would probably have boosted his numbers up to some, like, you know, seven, seven receptions at like week one. And his yardage would probably be up to around 80 yards. It's just the touchdowns. Obviously, he hasn't had him, and it's, it's how many points they score. But you could see it could go two ways again with this one. But I, I lean more that it could be a little bit of a shootout with the Bears, um, just because they're, not, they're both not great offences. Uh, and, you know, that sometimes it leads to just points galore. So he's a number one. Probably wouldn't be sitting him anyhow. Um, Though he could have been someone's wide, you know, he's, I think he's my wide receiver one in, in one of our leagues. But I think in most leagues, he's probably a wide receiver too. Um, but he's, he's yeah, I, I would say with that sort of target share, he's got to be an automatic start this week, especially against Chicago. Nice. Um, moving on to the sits then. Uh, this will be a surprising take potentially for a lot of people. Gabe Davis as a sit. Yeah. Um... I'm very worried about his ankle injury. I w- watched a video of him running, um, coming yeah, out of the break. I thought you were going to talk about that video. Scared a lot it's, of it's worrying. I, I think he's going to push the play, and I don't think he's going to be even close to 100%. Um, feels like they don't even... I mean, we know the Buffalo Bills don't even need him to win. We saw what happened when Kumaro stepped into his position. Same body type. You know, they left Mackenzie and Crowder in the slot. They didn't then up those kind of usage for those guys. They they they're very much on type, so a like for like substitution comes in and, and does okay. But you know, Diggs is taking so much. The other thing is obviously Diggs is taking so much of the targets from Josh Allen. Why would you change your winner winning recipe? Um, I, I want to see Gabe Davis on the field coming in and out of his breaks a lot better than I did from that video to start him. He's going to be one that's going to be a game time decision. And you're going to look at the name, you're going to put him in. If he is a game time decision, just leave my simple as that. Yeah, nice, more, uh, more words of warning. People appreciate it, I'm sure. Um, Rob Bateman, another surprise name. Yeah, so I think Tony touched on this last week with Bateman. Is it fool's gold? I think, I don't know. He, he is a, he's a very talented wide receiver. Um, and if you look at his, if you look at just the box score, you know, 16 points in week one, 24 in week two, it's pretty hard to sit somebody like that. However, they're going to New England who are renowned at home to be in a strong, stubborn offense, uh, defense. So um, you could, again, this game could be a real slow game. And I think, again, you know, Tony's already mentioned last week that New England in most of their games are not going to be high scoring. They're going to be a lot of run first. So if Dobbins can make a, a comeback this week, because he's already trained, I think he already made full practice on the Wednesday. If he can get if he can get on the field, then you could certainly see this becoming a run game for the, you know, with the Ravens. He's always going to be the second read. You know, it's always going to be Mark Andrews first. Um, and if you look at the Patriots opponents in the last couple of weeks, they played the Steelers and the Dolphins. And in the week one with the Dolphins, they had Tyreek Hill had a good game. I think he had a lot of catches. I think it was like seven or eight catches and about 80, 90 yards. Didn't have a touchdown. Waddle was the number two option. And I think I faded him that week, but he did sneak a, a late touchdown in that game. But other than that, if he didn't get the touchdown, it's a poor game. You can see something similar to that with Bateman. You can see maybe just getting the odd three or four catches 
but only putting up very minimal yardage and, and not getting those big breakaway runs that he's had in the last two weeks, which would really pump up the score. So it's difficult to do, but I would probably be temper expectation in this game for sure. Okay, nice. Um, let's see if the people listen and we'll come back to that one next week as we will all of them. Moving on to a, a, a tough position for many people so far this season at tight end, starting with potentially a waiver wire pickup for many. Uh, Hayden Hurst. So. Yeah, I think he's plug and play this week. I think the Jets, again, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of throwing. And the fact is, Burrow's going to be under pressure quickly from his line. So therefore, you know, Chase is going to get hurt by this. Because Chase needs time to deliver, you know, and Higgins to some extent. They need time for Burrow to go through his progression or whatever, give him time to get out of the breaks 15 yards down the field. That's not going to happen. So where the ball's going to go, they're going to go to P. Ryan, Mixon, and Hayden Hurst. So, you know, if you're not looking at the running backs, you're looking at the tight end. I think Hurst picks up a lot of catches at PPR, obviously, a little bit better than um, standard or, or um, half-point PPR, just because I think you'll get a stat like maybe like seven catches for 40 yards, something like that. But that's pretty good for a tight end. Um, nowadays, I think it can be started just by sheer volume throwing in that game. Perfect. Um, a name that might have flown under the radar a little bit from you, Rob, Austin Hooper. Yeah, so the tight end is really tricky this week when I was looking down the list to pick some players that I'll actually like. And again, I think most people are in the same position for your tight ends. It's just it's really hard to get um, to get starts. But if, um, and I guess, like I said earlier, we don't look at each other's lists. And obviously, Tony was talking about so get right game for the Titans. So this probably complements and gives me a little bit more confidence in my pick. Um, with the with the Raiders, um, if you look at the usage last week, he was up to five targets in a game where they were blown out, you know, and any points they could get on the board. So, you know, Tannehill um, and then maybe Malik Willis went to Austin Hooper. So, you know, he had two in week one, five in week two. Again, if this is a game they're going to win, um, and you know, if it depending on how, how they run the ball, if they can't run the ball that great with Henry and they got to start, fl- you know, flinging it around, or if it goes complete game script and Vegas, you know, tre- uh, starting to trench the, the Titans, then they're going to need to throw the ball. So he is one of their best options, um, uh, as the tight end. You know, they haven't got much else in the weaponry. You know, Burks has started that show glimpse, but I think, like Tony said, Woods is a, was a drop, not getting involved enough. Um, and you know the other the other wide receiver weapons are, are all low end wide receiver fours and fives. So Austin Hooper, yeah, it, I wouldn't say a confident start, but you know looking at that the waiver list, it's certainly someone you can plug in this week and uh, get some production. That'll offer a lot of reassurance to uh, to plenty of people who are scrambling this week. I'm sure. There, I mean, there are others though. I do like tight end. Jawan Johnson definitely one for the Saints. Tyler Conklin, again, I've said it for two or three weeks now on this show. He's another yeah. good plug and play in the same game as Hayden Hurst. Irv so, Smith um, was the other one I was going to throw Irv in. But I think it was, yeah, a bit I, of, I, it was a bit obvious, though, because after his big game, and I could, like I said, if it's a blowout, if it's a, if it's a DFS-type shootout, then he could, get his, he could get his looks. But you don't know, do you? It's, it's quite tricky still to, to pinpoint, because obviously you said feelings are get right, and then obviously you've got Osborne, so it might not always be him. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to tie in. It is. <laughs> it is hard. And it is hard for uh, for people who rostered and drafted 
kettle this year. So oh, yeah. And so I... you're going to tell them there's no hope this week. There, well, there's hope. That's the wrong thing. It's just, I said a few names there. And I, you know, if you draft a kettle, you've already got some of these names. The thing is, someone like Kittle you've drafted and you sat on your bench for two weeks. Now, you've got to make a decision whether or not you're going to play him or you're going to play someone like Conklin, or I've just said, or Hurst, or Juwan Johnson, who has actually shown you something this year. Rapport with their quarterback, Flacco, Winston, Burrow, they've already shown that kind of rapport with the quarterback. We know Kittle and Jimmy have got that kind of connection anyway last year, but we don't know how many snaps he's going to play. Shanahan is very sneaky when it comes to this kind of thing. He will, you know, Hopefully he's a full go and I'd like to see him. But Ross Dwelly is not a bad player. Use check out the back, very similar catches. Wilson's going to get his catches. They could be, he, he could be easily just brought in to be a blocker and they don't want him to run and cut down the field for whatever reason when he's injured. Why would you leave someone like Conklin or Johnson or Hurst on the bench for someone you haven't seen yet this year? Um, and also, is it, it's, a, it's pretty going to be a tough game. I think they're both going to run the ball. Um, that game is not going to be a high-scoring game San Francisco-Denver. We haven't spoken about that game at all yet in this show, but I think that's going to be San Francisco running the ball, obviously, and, and Denver maybe struggling with Russell Wilson, so I think that's going to be a sneaky you know, uh, a low point total in that game. Um, therefore, Kittle might not even get close to the end zone, so it's another worry. I'd like to see it first for Kittle this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, moving on to you then. This is a player that people would have snatched up off the waiver while, uh, wire with optimism. Um, Evan Ingram, why have you not got optimism? <laughs> yeah, well, it, if you look at this, you know, again, the box scores, you know, you had eight, eight and 15, which is you'd be doing cartwheels if you get that sort of production from any tight end, but, uh, um, you know, Evan Ingram. So his targets were four and then eight this last week. So he had a good game. Um, the Colts were dre- were dreadful. Uh, let, let's just just obviously you know take a second to pause and think about who they were playing against last week. It's certainly not going to be that situation this week. They probably got you know one of the Super Bowl favorites in the Chargers in Los Angeles, so it's going to be a tough game. Um, it'll be a real test, I think, for Trevor Lawrence to play Washington and the Colts so far. So this will be his first real, you know. Has he taken that step forward? If he has, and he's production, you know, he's, he produces, then I, and then Engram would, you know, he's going to prove me wrong. But I think it's unlikely to go that way. I think Herbert's a key as well. I think Justin Herbert's got to play. Obviously, if he doesn't play, then this this will probably go out the window. But if Herbert plays um, in LA, yeah, you can see this being either a very one-sided game, or you could just see that um, you know the Jags maybe try and run the ball. Um, try and use the running backs they've got, and, and Ingram will probably be the a, a fade just on um, just on the level of competition this week. Yeah, nice. It makes sense to uh, to be cautious, and uh, yeah, good advice. Um, bonus then, because you guys can stick to just the normal uh, the normal breakdown. There's loads of plays to talk about. We always say this after the show, um, and oftentimes carry on talking offline. So. Um, Tony, start with you, Juju. Oh, yeah. He was nearly in my start of the week instead of more. They could easily be flip-flop, but I, I love Juju this week because, you know, two catches, whatever, last week. So, first of all, people aren't questioning whether or not to start. But you need to look. We, 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 last year, Matt, I don't know if you remember, but we did, I did a really good job looking back at 
kind of how who plays well against zone and who plays well against man. And I'm going to yeah, start I that again. Doing a really good job last year. So. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> you asked. Yeah. It was, maybe it was a it was a job. <laughs> and I looked at teams who play zone and who 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 cuts open versus zone gets open versus man. Juju, any any team that plays zone, Juju's going to thrive in this year. We just saw what happened to Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk against Indianapolis, who are the highest zone team in the league. That means they they don't really run with any crosses across the middle. The tight end and the slot receiver usually produce in that system. So obviously, Kelsey, we're not going to say he's a star, but Kelsey and Juju should be in this game. Juju, I see as a, as a tight end nowadays, um, which is a shame. And that's why, really, you want to see a bit more of a ceiling in a wide receiver. However, in a PPR league, you can start Juju a confidence. He's going to get his catches over the middle. We don't know if Shaq Leonard's playing. That might make a difference to that kind of middle zone that the, uh, the, the, the Colts running cover to. But Juju will find gaps. I think we all want Juju to do well. Um, he's a player, Rob, on your list that I personally want to do well because I've drafted him and you know, Mr. Consistent in the past, David Montgomery. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, he was going to be my start of the week. I think in this game, um, you can see he, he showed glimpses. I say glimpses. He showed a real good game last week um, and was very productive. I thought they were going to, I think a lot of people thought they were going to sort of split time with Herbert, um, but it didn't, it didn't go that way. So, you know, he got a lot of the, a lot of the carries. Um, and again, Houston, and not a great, not a great offense. Like I said before, this could go one of, you know, two ways. It could be, they both just run all over each other or it's, you know, a, a throwing shoot date. So Montgomery, you know, he had 15 attempts last week and 122 yards. So I can see, you know, you can see similar numbers again and maybe this time get in the end zone as well. So you could see a really big game from Montgomery. Um, and so, yeah, another player that I'm confident starts. Okay, perfect. Moving on to potentially another hot take, Tony Dotson. Yeah, pump the brakes a little bit on Dotson this week. I think Eagles actually is a tough matchup outside. Um, Samuel will keep his slot positions. I think we will saw what happened to Slay. And Jefferson. Now, I don't think Slay's going to travel with McLaurin. He could do, in which case that, you know, it, it, you know, it could be actually really good that Slay's on McLaurin um, and therefore Dotson is free. But it feels like the outside receiver against Philly might struggle this year, whoever or whatever side they're on. I'm okay playing Samuel. Um, I would just pump the brakes on Dotson. Also, the fact that he's actually, you know, got the touchdowns, um, they're going to regress a little bit. Um, I think they get, I do think they get McLaurin in the game a little bit more than they have done. Um, it feels like a, maybe a squeaky wheel soon coming to McLaurin with just two or three catches is not good enough for kind of his caliber, how much they're paying him, etc. So I'm looking to that to kind of go regress to the mean shortly. I think this is the week that you can sit Dotson. Perfect. And, uh, Rob, over to you to cause some absolute carnage by announcing that everyone should sit the Packers running backs. Yeah, this one, this one's a tough one because I'm a big uh, Dylan advocate, but I think um, 
obviously you're not going to sit Aaron. Is this Jones. realistic? <laughs> yeah, I mean you can sit. Dylan. Can I just throw it out there? I, I think I think Dylan's. A, you can you can you know some people have drafted him round six, round seven, maybe as their RB two and three. So Dylan could certainly be a sit this week. Um, yeah, it's just the Bucks away. The, the Bucks are, they just don't allow a lot of you know teams to run on them, um, and that's probably you know that's that's carried on from last year to this year. If you go back to week one for Aaron Jones, he had twelve points against Minnesota, um, and he had five attempts. Are they going to give him the rushing work against the Bucks? Are they going to be able to throw the ball on the Bucks and you know in the run game? So, you know, he's certainly not going to be getting thirty-four points like they did against Chicago. Um, it's probably more of a temper expectation with Aaron Jones, and maybe he's a low-end RB two this week, flex type player. Um, and Dylan would be the conversation. I got him in you know in multiple dynasty leagues, and is do I just completely sit him? You know, he's, you can see him getting volume, but is it going to be productive volume? Is it just going to be you know, midfields, he's getting, you know, a run of four or five yards and he has like 15 or 16 t- attempts of that. And it's, you know, a five point game or five point week. Are they going to get the touchdowns? You, we don't know. It, it could be a really low scoring game. So yeah, the Packers <clears throat> across the board, if you can, I know, as I say, you, you're probably not going to be able to sit Jones, but um, just be careful. Yeah, I think that's fair. Dylan's a good sit. I think Jones is a temper expectations. I think that's fair. Get Dylan, uh, Akers or Jones? Oh, yeah, you gotta go. You, you, it's so much of a risk, I guess, with Akers versus Jones. If I had them both, you gotta start Jones over Akers. But if it's oh, still yeah. an Akers, I'll go Akers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. Nice to put it in context there. Good question, Tony. And uh, Rob, I, you know, you started off saying you should start Kamara when we first started these shows, and now you're telling us to sit Aaron Jones. You, I mean, you, you know, this is why people listen. You know, not, you don't shy away from the. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't always, um, especially on the sit. You can't have always have the obvious players to, uh, no. to stand. So yeah, no, I like it. Proceed with caution, and, and sometimes people need to hear it. Uh, like you said some things are obvious in fantasy football, but uh, people need to hear. I it. do like um, the sit Dylan one though. I, I do like that because I think people will just look at the name and stick him in. But I think that's good. Good advice. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that wraps us up then for the. Uh, for the main topic, uh, the starts and sits. We'll move away from uh, fancy football slightly and uh, let's talk about 101 draft quick as you like. Um, 101 crisp flavor. Tony. Uh, you go first because I haven't seen the, the question. I have neither, but I, it's easy oh, for it's me. It's a tough it's, question, boys. It's, it's easy, really it's tough, easy for me because I've had them all my life and I'll continue. Oh, no, I know. Actually, my I know little which boy one. is going to do. It's going to be uh, the old the monster, um, monster Munch pickled onions. Monster, 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 monster Munch. Oh, Can't beat that. Can't beat that for me. It's a taste buds, taste buds killer. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, you won't eat anything else after that. Yeah. No. So me. I'm going to go for a, a flaming grilled steak flavour. And that's that's recent, recent change from salt and vinegar. Oh, so man. the old 101, salt and vinegar, new 101. Matured. Hey. Yeah, matured. matured over steak, years. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about this is all the questions, like, so you like fancy football and you'll just jump straight in. But when it's your 101 crisp flavour, you're scrambling, you're pulling up your notes. You know, it's tough. We'll keep it in. We'll, uh, I'll keep surprising you with these. Um, that's why the people listen. Over back to some fancy football questions then. Um, what do people need to do with pits in redraft? Tony. 
I think you wait it out. Roberto's got pits, so it'd be interesting to see what he says. But I'm, I'm not throwing out, I'm not trying to buy low on pits. If I've got, well, depends who I've got. So if I've got someone like, I've got Goddard in one league. I've already offered Roberto. Goddard plus a player. This? After week one, I did. And I got a text saying, chance. Oh, you didn't actually <laughs> put anything do... in my inbox, I was going to say. After no, week no. One, but no, I, no. Wouldn't do, <laughs> I wouldn't do something like that now with the Goddard. I really like what Goddard's doing. It. So I, yeah, it depends what you got, um, but I think you need to hold it. And even if he has a big game, I still won't sell him because I think that's, I think they might win. Let's say Atlanta actually give Pitts the ball and they win the game because you know there's all that talk about the coach saying we just want to win games. Well, actually, you, you you've lost both, you've lost both games so far. So they need to do something different. Pitts will. There's one receiver there. You need to remember this. Usually, when there's one receiver and not a clear pass catching back because Patterson's not really getting catches out of the back like I thought it was. The tight end usually does produce, so I think it's just give him time. He's going to come through. Don't do anything stupid in Dynasty, whatever you do in that format. Redraft is, is a conversation. You know, if you're, if you're 0-2 and you've got pits, you need to do something. If you're sitting 2-0 or 1-1, I think you, you're still okay just to hold. But it might be false gold. We'll see what Roberto says, who is 2-0, and he's got so it'd be interesting yeah. to hear what he says yeah I'm glad you mentioned the 2-0 part but um, yeah Again, the, 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 the yeah. pits um, yeah, I, I, yeah I drafted him in round 3 and I, I do regret it now so I don't think there's anything I can say that's going to make people feel good about Kyle Pitts long term um, but you can't drop him because like we've already talked about today in the tight ends it's just, it's just a scrappy because there's no one avail any substance on this so you've got to keep him I think if you go with the narrative, it's a bit narrative streaky, but if you go with the fact that they've lost their first two games, the coaches had multiple questions about Carl Pitts' usage, you know, why aren't you feeding the ball? And, you know, you're going to Drake London, he's telling them, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're taking away the off, you know, the defence to, 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 to get other guys involved. They drafted him, like, in the top five of the, uh, of the draft. They, they're going to use, they've got to use him. Um, his target share was only, you know, they had seven in week one, three in week two. This for me could be, and I didn't want to put him as a start of the week because it's too obvious for Carl Pitts, but at Seattle, you can see this being a game where they could use him a little bit more um, and try and get a, you know, their first win under their belts. Um, so yeah, but you know, long-term, what, what can you do? If he has a big game, you, you can't really, who are you going to trade him for? Like, I mean, God, that's probably a good example, but you wouldn't want to, it's gonna they're gonna well, probably get similar numbers all season. So unless you can fool somebody into thinking that Pitts is, is dynamite and, and get Goddard plus, you're gonna to struggle to get a good piece to go with that. So you're better off just keeping Pitts. Yeah. Would you go to Hawkinson for plus? No. He was one of my he was gonna be one of my six. Primus? No. Okay, Steelers so Goddard's the line then. I mean Goddard, I think Goddard's <laughs> top okay. five time. Yeah, he probably yeah. Into. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, that's a toss up. That that would be the sort of that's the sort of um, range he's in at the moment. And if you redrafted again, that's where I would take them around yeah. back to I back. I it was around five or six for me. Yeah, so. and I took pits of three. So at the moment, it's looking a bad a bad shape. But if they sack, you know, you could go again narrative suit. If they sack the coach, and someone else comes in and they change the way they play, or the quarterbacks change and they bring in Desmond Ridder, does things then change for pits? I think that's the you know that's the rainbow story you know narrative that you could you could paint the picture for Pitts' upside for the rest of the season but one of those things will probably have to happen if things don't go the way they want this week against a potential get right game in Seattle yeah long season ahead 
it can all change. There's only been two weeks. Uh, remember, everyone drafted these players for a reason. Um, the Dynasty Grill at FF Dynasty Grill asked a great question on Twitter. There was a poll for it. I'll tell you the results have to give you your answer. Whose catch was better, OBJ the famous catch or Pickens last night? Tony. Um, do you know what? I think Pickens was harder. I think Pickens was the harder catch, but but the one that stood out the most has to be OBJ. It was a touch time stars. So it was prime time. This was prime time so but it was the Giants and the Cowboys. I, I yeah, I think as a show as a show piece, it'd be OBJ. But I think Pickens was actually tougher because I think it was tighter coverage, potentially. And a wider span. Yes. Whereas, whereas Beckham's is more over the head, Pickens was wider span and over the head. If you have a look at some of the shots, so I think it was harder cut. Rob? Good question, though. Sorry yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I agree. I think um, I think Pickens was the better better catch for technical. Like you know, if you're a player and trying to catch a ball, I think that's a harder catch. But obviously, you know, the it wasn't a touchdown. Um, they ended up losing the game. I don't. I, I mean, obviously, you know, OBJ that made him and probably yes, probably OBJ overall. But I think Pickens is probably the harder catch. Um, but the better catch on camera ball's got to still be OBJ. Yeah. And uh, so far, the ball is 64, the OBJ. Pretty close, yeah, though. Great question, though. Great question from uh, Dynasty Grill. And that's it. That is it. Starts and sets. We'll be back to review the games next week. Um, all of the games coming up and uh, uh, on Monday. And any starts and sets questions you've got, send them over. It's, uh, we're all uh, we're all ready to answer them. Uh, well, we're answering our own. So yeah, thank you very much. Thanks to you two for uh, for sticking with it and uh, all the great content. No worries. See you next week. Take it easy. And that's it for another episode of Play Action Pass. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you like this episode, please do follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen on, uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at underscore playactionpass and our website playactionpass.co.uk we're always releasing uh, new video content uh, and tons of new content so check out the feed check out the website uh, and we're actively trying to improve all of our content so please do play us on twitter let us know your thoughts uh, anything we can do to improve anything you like what you want to see more of all of your questions uh, and we'll answer those on the show or we'll answer them on the feed depending on their agency. Um, to reach out to us individually, find Tony at LightTech7, Rob at TeamBest10, and me at MattMayFF on Twitter. Like I said, send us your questions. We'll answer them on the next episode, or if it's super urgent, we'll get back to you on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening and support the show.